Welcome back to the Two Guys Named Chris show. At this time every week, Lisa Lanier joins us, our official attorney of this program, to go inside legal cases we find interesting, and we put them on the docket for her, and she always solves them. Hello, Lisa. How are you? I'm fantastic. I hope you guys are. Great. Very good to talk to you. We're going to start today with a story that's late-breaking. We just found out about it today. It comes out of Graham County, North Carolina, which we had to look. That is as far, far west almost as you can go in North Carolina. True that. That's past your folks, Dave. Oh, yeah. That's Smoky Mountains, I think. Yeah, way out there. Uh, Michael Eddings owns a dog named Leo. The dog is seven years old, fairly large dog, 120 pounds, and he has been fined numerous times for noise violations because his neighbors complain that the dog barks a lot. He's $750 in noise violations. If I may jump in, it, a dog can bark during the day, or is that a noise violation too? I mean, like I know at nighttime it's more annoying, but maybe Lisa knows the rules. What are your thoughts there, Lisa? If a dog barks all day, is that a noise violation? County or the city ordinance where this guy lives, the, there is no time restriction. Like most, the majority... Like you were thinking, you know, it's up to a certain amount of time you can make noise. Mm-hmm. They have a weirdly worded, very broad definition that's any time of the day or night. And it's basically any kind of, uh, they call it disturbing noise. That's the definition. And it's a noise that it says it shouldn't be heard from more than 50 feet away from the source, which is pretty restrictive. And this poor guy, not only does his dog bark, but he likes his loud music, too. So he's also been cited several times for loud music. Now he says mm. the county's got a vendetta against him because of this loud music. Here's the news story. We're just going to go inside it here. But wait till you hear what an assistant district attorney suggested to him to help him not have so many noise fines in this one-minute news piece. Leo uh, Bark does travel. But it's just like, I mean, it's just because he's 120 pounds. Owner Michael Eddings telling us following complaints from neighbors, he's racked up $750 in noise violation citations and attorney fees. He feels his family is being unfairly targeted. I have a neighbor that has three or four dogs that bark. My neighbor across the street has dogs that bark. So I think, you know, signaling us out for one dog is a little ridiculous. Those citations stacking up leading to a court appearance Tuesday, where Eddings was stunned to hear what a representative from the district attorney's office offered. He said that uh, if you have the dog's vocal cords removed surgically, they would drop all charges. It is crazy. It is inhumane, yes. I reached out to District Attorney Ashley Welch. The DA confirming an assistant district attorney suggested surgically altering the dog's vocal cords. You know, we're willing to negotiate, you know, we'll put up a fence. Things like that, but I'm not going to put on a barking collar and I'm not going to have surgery. I don't know how a fence would help much with the noise. No. Yeah. Now, if I was given this option, <laughs> as an animal tolerator, as an animal Kelly, tolerator, I would probably consider being that he's been. Did this uh, assistant DA look up the Book of Solomon? <laughs> Isn't that the King Solomon split the baby? Yeah, yeah. Split the baby. The baby. Find yeah. out who the real mother is. Take the vocal cords out. Uh, Lisa, was that an inappropriate action for her to take, or should we just remove this dog's vocal cords and call it a day? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, the, the assistant district attorney is actually in trouble for this. And so the um, Ashley, uh, whatever her last name was, the, the main DA, yep. has come out, made a statement, and said, look, this was very inappropriate. And there's a personnel action undertaken as a result. And so that's definitely off the table because they were saying, you know, we'll forgive all these fines if you do this, which is it's crazy because I'm sure it would cost more for the man to have surgery on his dog than it would to just pay the $750 in fines. Mm-hmm. And it's not just dog-related fines. Like I said, it was loud music fines. It's just a crazy, inhumane thing. I can't even believe 
the ADA came up with that. But 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 it's going to cost him. I mean, you can't stop the dog from barking. How? What is he supposed to do? Basically, you know, to stop. You can he can control his music. That's one thing. But right. if the dog's outside, he's probably going to bark, and he does make a loud bark. What would you suggest? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can. There's things you can do. You can bring your dog inside if it's, you know, if like I think he was thinking like the privacy fence type thing because sometimes what really sets the dog off is seeing another dog or seeing an animal. Mm, yes, you know that kind I of see. thing, and it could be a little bit of a noise buffer. I mean, I don't know what the bark collar. I don't know if he thinks that's inhumane, but that might work. I've heard that those do work. So mm. I don't know. He's got some. He's got some options there that are not mm. surgical. So crazy. But you think- wasn't it the great Dennis Leary who did a bit years ago about a dog that didn't have its uh, voice box or something? Maybe because it smoked. That's right. All of his people it smoked. had smoke. <laughs> bark, 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 yeah, bark. That's right. It smoked. <laughs> that's correct (laughs) that's how he had to talk uh by the way removing the dog's vocal cords has become illegal in about half the states now you can't even do that that's wrong you mean and uh it's a good point about the fence not seeing things on the outside might no guarantee though i would imagine that that's right any vet that would remove a dog's vocal cords would also pull a bullet out of a criminal yeah yeah like you see that in movies (laughs) they always know a vet who's dirty yep <laughs> and the vet never wants to do it, but does. They always do because they, uh, there's like pills in yeah. or something or cash. <laughs> I can't do this. Look, you take this bullet. All right. And it is always on a vet's table. <laughs> so you get, you know, care, but it's yeah. supposed to be animal care. Uh, let's talk a little celebrity here. Viva Las Vegas. That's Elvis Presley. Viva this week, bombshell at Las Vegas, Nevada. The family of Elvis Presley, all of his heirs who control his name, image, and likeness, has said no more Elvis-themed weddings in Vegas. Well, all the Elvis impersonators immediately said, what are you trying to do? Kill me? I'll be homeless now. This is my job. Lisa, how can they do this? I stand up for the Elvis impersonators here. <laughs> Who has the authority? Can they, you know what I thought? I know this is not real, but I always think of Elvis almost as like happy birthday. He's so much a part of our fabric of society. <laughs> you know, he should just be free legal game. Like Uncle Sam, right? Everybody yeah. can use Uncle Sam. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. What do you think? Why'd they do this here? Well, the Elvis estate, has, uh, they've always been pretty protective of the right of publicity. Because when a celebrity dies in the majority of states, the right of publicity remains with the as a piece of property of the estate, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that, that's true in, in Nevada where this happened. And so they just decided to crack down on it for whatever reason. And I think it may be to do with there's been a bit of a decline in the estate's revenues. And by decline, I'm talking they're still making $40 million a year off the estate. But they used to make 60 and $70 million a year off the estate. And I think, you know, over time, maybe they feel like the brand has been a little diluted by all of the impersonators. And so they're cracking down. They sent the lawyer who represents the estate, sent a cease and desist letter to all these chapels that have Elvis impersonators. And some of them, that's their whole shtick. You know, it's the whole mm-hmm. Graceland is the name of one of them, you know, and it's just all Elvis. And so now these couples are coming there to get married, thinking they're going to get a, the Elvis wedding. Instead, they get a 50s rock and roll wedding. Oh, man, not that's the same. That's what a lot of them are turning to. So it's yeah, it's kind of crazy, but but yeah, they're they're in their rights to do that. And you know, the the estate you have the right to control your voice, your likeness, mm-hmm. uh, your image, even after death. In the majority of jurisdictions, particularly in Nevada, so Elvis Elvis's estate is in the right here. Wow, that is yeah. stunning to me that they did that. I just always thought of Elvis impersonators as being 
free and legal and go and do it. Yeah, do what you want. Finally have cracked down. On, I hope they change their mind. Let's let yeah, these folks Yeah, they know. always have in the past. You know, let's, <laughs> when it comes to money, they usually give. <laughs> let's let these Elvis impersonators have a little something. They're going to make a fortune off the new movie. Yeah, exactly. Think. You'd think they'd be making money off the new movie. That's right. Should revive some Elvis. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they did it this time. They didn't want Elvis impersonators taking advantage of the movie, which is getting ready to come Probably out. That. Who's the Probably estate? That. Priscilla and uh, uh, Lisa, Lisa Marie. The heirs. Yeah, it's it's the heirs and whoever he, you know, whoever his uh, will dictated was it. I'm sure it's them. It's the two of them. I'm sure. And, you know, uh, there's also federal law. You know, the Lanham Act. I think Chris Dem's very familiar with that. He always seems to. To chime in about the Lanham Act. Yeah, he throws that in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. He'll do that in the Man Act. Uh, man. Easy, easy. Man, he'll it, do also, that. it also protects trademark in this kind of situation. So the Elvis estate is definitely, yeah. definitely. The interesting thing is that Minnesota didn't have a law protecting likeness or image uh, after death. And so when Prince died, they enacted the Prince Act to huh. protect. <laughs> so, like, not just the purple one, but also all other celebrities and their likeness um, after death so Interesting. It that does, is. it's a thing yeah now there is a case in boston today the massachusetts chapter of the council on american islamic relations has announced it's filing a lawsuit against mcdonald's because a woman and her seven-year-old son went into mcdonald's and got uh, the boy got a filet of fish sandwich yeah and the woman says well you might yeah yes you may say yeah when you go and get it the woman says that employees there, because they were Muslim, wrapped her son's chick, or excuse me, fillet of fish sandwich in bacon, and she said this was an obvious attack and an obvious slap at us because we're Muslims, and you happen to have bacon laying back there from the breakfast shift, so you put it on there. They said, "Our bad, it was my fault. We didn't mean to." <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. We don't know how that bacon got in there. It's just an accident. What do you think, Lisa? Is she going to get paid from this because the boy had bacon wrapped around his filet of fish? Yeah, I think he, I think so. I mean, it's uh, she's made a she filed a complaint with the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination. It's sort of like the EEOC. It's a commission and panel to um, to hear these cases, and they decide if if there was an action that you know should be uh, awarded money. And I think I think there will be here because it's. Not only did they wrap, and it's food tampering with a child, and it's and it's pretty obviously based on their religion. Yeah. And not, not only did they wrap it in bacon, they stuffed bacon inside the fish too. I mean, it was crazy. Like they went Good a little God. cuckoo. Good Lord. Lord, how do you stuff bacon inside a fish like that? I don't even know. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they tried working on it the lab now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. Ask your fishmonger. Uh, that does sound pretty tasty. Now, now that I think about it, since, fish I, bacon? since I can actually eat bacon, <laughs> it's pork with fish. <laughs> I don't know. That, yeah, I, not, not I, so great if you're Muslim, though. Yeah. No, yeah. but now I'm not Muslim, so uh, I would, oh, if, yeah. they, if they put that on a menu, I would try it. <laughs> mm. I, think, I think bacon makes everything better. Uh, oh, yeah. A bacon-wrapped yeah. fish sandwich. We'll see your baconator and raise you. Yeah, I guess that can't be their de- defense. <laughs> hey, bacon makes everything no. better. No, they can't do that. Exactly. No. That'd be a bad one.